Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. All right, Hoagie. I know you're tired, but we'll just stay for a couple drinks and then we'll be back to the penthouse, all right? All right, Greg. Surprise! What the fuck is this? What's up, everyone? How you doing? Thanks for coming. Ah, gee, Greg. It's awful nice for someone to throw a party for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Greg Goldman Hour. Official after party. And now, you know them as the house band for the coolest, hippest joint in the East Village. The Toxic, starting five! Greg! Fox motherfucking Monroe. This is all you're fucking doing, isn't it? Guilty as charged, Greggy baby. I had to fly in from LA for the big debut. Plus, every great show's gotta have a rap party. Which, as you can tell, was an absolute hit. Yeah, I mean, fucking everyone there seemed like they was pretty into it, right, Hoagie? Yeah, sure, sure, Greg. Yeah, everybody. Everybody. You know, except Mr. Cornette. Oh, yeah, fucking about that. Wait a minute, fucking Fox. So who the hell is booking our show? Huh? Well, me, Greg. Remember the contract you signed with Last Tycoon? I'm technically your agent and your booker. Right, then why the hell didn't you ask me about that? I fucking can't stand that guy. Well, he's pretty high up on our list and in the range of what Last Tycoon's willing to pay. But none of that matters, Greg. Your interview with that Cornish guy had everyone rolling. Me included. And when we get the ratings back, you'll see it was all worth it. Fuck, you know I don't give a fuck about the ratings. I mean, I care about how many people are at the show and listening to what I'm saying, you know? No, actually I don't. Uh, uh excuse me, uh, Mr. Monroe? Fox, you must be Hoagie, the glue that holds the Goldman Hour together. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say it, but, uh, well, yeah, you know, thank you, Mr. Monroe, sir. And, uh, I was just wanting to say, and, uh, you know, I ain't trying to speak for Greg or nothing, but, well, maybe I am a little bit technically, but what I was thinking was we might get a guest on that don't, you know, uh, clash with his, uh... Ah, come on, Hogmeister. Those fireworks at the end of the episode, my God! <laughs> Live a little man. Oh, I had an amazing time last week, but it turns out that I have hemorrhoids. Shit, Fox Hokey's right. I don't want some fucking asshole to come on. Someone, you know, likes wrestling, but not like fucking Cornette does. Someone who I can, like, fucking get along with, relate to, have an actual fucking conversation with. Ah, sure, Greg. I get it. We'll change it up. Just like that. But remember, we're a partnership now. You and me. And Hoagie. Greg, what's good for you is good for me in Last Tycoon. And vice versa. Oh, listen, just wanted to give you boys a heads up. Gonna have a couple of special guests in the audience on next week's Golden Hour. A couple guys from Last Tycoon. A couple guys we really want to impress. 
Well, shit, Fox, just put me in front of a microphone and let me talk wrestling. Fucking gold, I tell ya. I didn't fucking stumble ass backwards into this shit, you know. The fucking special. Oh, yeah. That's my Greg. You all are headed straight to the top. And right in time for award season, too. So long as we knock it out of the park this week. Which we really, really, really need to do. I can see it now. The Greg Goldman Hour. Winner of Best Podcast. Hell yeah. What about it, Hoax? Yeah, well, okay. Um, Sounds awful important that we do maybe something a little more... Uh, Harmonious, copacetic. This All week. right. Right. How about some drinks, fellas? Oh. No. How about some shots? Uh, <laughs> well, I I appreciate the offer, Mister Monroe. But I was trying to maybe you know, I head home over, maybe take a little bubble bath. Oh come on, Hoagie. Fuck yeah. Let's get some fucking shots out here. Let's go, ho. I long, baby. We're closing the club down tonight. The time is right, boys. I can smell it, and it smells like. <laughs> All right, everyone. Who wants the first rail? You ready? Let's do it. Boys, episode 38. My name is Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Rand. Hello. Hey. Hi. Hey, Hi. Uh, How are you? Uh, you know, uh, it's raining and uh I'm tired. I've moved all weekend, you know, I'm sore. Yes. Um how'd all and, that go? Uh it's you know, slowly, you know, kind of all the big stuff is here, and then now there's just kind of little little things to do. Um, you know, I have a a, a bed frame coming in, I gotta put together uh Moving, you know, su- moving yeah. sucks, so you just got to get through it. You know, um, in normal times it would, but uh, funny enough, this time around it was a bit of a respite from uh, Greg and yeah. uh, true and all that. So yeah, yeah, so I guess we're now officially in week two of this new era of our show. This, I don't... Of this agreement that we never agreed to, but yeah, whatever. So, uh, again, we're still just. We're here. We're going to keep doing our show. We don't really know really what's going on yet. I mean, we have a vague idea, but I think we've wasted enough fucking breath talking about it. But uh... Um, one thing, one kind of little, um, I did reach out to, uh, you know, um, Fox gave me that card Uh whenever I met him in Memphis. And uh, there's an email on there and a website for Last Tycoon. So uh, I reached out to kind of their um, A&R uh you know okay. just generally just to just to see what the deal is um yeah, so good. so at least yeah. this is somebody i've talked to that's not him or chad yeah. or diesel who's yeah, not we haven't haven't been able to reach him i stopped even trying to contact greg i mean what's the fucking point no but, no what's the point but yeah you're a good call i mean maybe we can again here's something from not him someone else at the company that can shine a little light or tell us how long this fucking shit is going to be going on yeah so. you know you would hope that like if this is all contractual and an agreement that you know they would be professionally obligated yeah, to do yeah. that so someone there should have some information about that, that, this that's the hope 
aside from just him. But yeah, okay. Uh, well, let's shift gears here. Um, Monday Please. Night Raw was in our home of Cincinnati this past Monday, and did we consider going? Nope. No, no, we really didn't. No, I mean, 1% <laughs> can, I mean, considered going just to, just to kind of see what's all about. For sure. But we like, if, we would have had fun. There's yeah. no doubt about it. We would have had fun had we gone. Mm-hmm. Um, but it actually it seemed like it was a pretty decent show. Um, you know, they did the Lashley Biggie match, which was a DQ, like it was a whole mess. But I think Riddles and stop Riddles. <laughs> Riddle and Styles had a good match, and mm-hmm. Priest and Sheamus, who was our, you know, we loved Sheamus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the usual suspects that, yeah. that have good matches there. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. Yeah, Riddle, all the Priest, yeah, all the guys that we liked. Good call. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've been to enough Raws and SmackDowns over my life. I, you know, one day maybe we'll go. But, and if it were SmackDown, I feel like I may have considered it a little bit more just because it's just a better show. Oh, but. yeah. And I mean, you know, like, it being from eight to eleven on a work night is way mm-hmm. like, way different from being eight to ten on a Friday night. Yeah, you know? when, yeah. When you and I were covering that shit, I think it was what week two, and we were trying to watch them together on Zoom because you were in Louisville, and like I could just see you were just not paying close attention, and it was just awful. And it's like we're only an hour into this, and there's two more. Yeah, and it was just like I don't know. It was just like re like like you know like they showed you something that happened, whether it be live or via replay, like at least three times. And like right after a commercial of it just happening. Yeah, it's just Mo- it, moments it, ago. Yeah, very very badly paced, very exhausting television program. And while we're ripping on WWE, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention. Whatever the fuck that ending was to Extreme mm. Rules, I did. I sent you the clip. Did you ever watch it? I know yeah, you know what that I did. Is. Yeah. So worse than any of it, worse than the rope breaking, worse than any of it was that they fucking made Finn Balor flop around like he's Magikarp from Pokemon out there. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that woke him up, and oh man, it was it was a scene. Yeah, in sure. like. The fact that, you know, that was sort of the story that they went with just like. Yeah, I was excited about the match. You know, I think we like the demon is this character that hasn't been around in years and had some. It was illustrious. And Mm -hmm. it's like, that's what you're going to do with Mm -hmm. this. Make a fucking magic harp. Yeah. And it was just like, I don't know. It. um, Yeah. We're not here to rip. It's fine. It's fine. Well, it it seemed like, you know, there were some people online that liked it. And uh, I don't know, like for me, like the the fact that, you know, that was what they wanted to do. Exactly. That, it was yeah, the yeah, intention. It, it was the intention. Like that, that just kind of ruins it from me, like baseline foundational. Hey, it was different. I'll give them that. Sure. But yeah, I mean, that's I said it to someone like comparing that to the exploding barbed wire death match. Like, of course, the death match in a vacuum was way worse because they built it up and it was a puff of smoke. But it's oh, like this was WWE's intent. They yeah. meant to do this. Mm-hmm. Whereas with AEW, it was a malfunction. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, whatever. Um, okay, enough of this bullshit. Let's get on to some good wrestling. And I just want to at least briefly mention, since we haven't talked about it on the show yet, the G1 Climax 31. Uh, We're about halfway through as of today, which we're recording this on Sunday morning, um, October 3rd. I have not watched today's matches yet, 
but has one of the most anticipated for me, Shingo Takagi and Kota Ibushi. But um, on A block, Zack Sabre Jr., he injured Naito on the first night, like really. So Naito's out of the tournament and he's just steamrolled and submitted like four of the top guys in a row. It's been amazing. And then B block, Jeff Cobb undefeated, Okada undefeated, Okada looking a lot like his former self. Um, you know, the field is a little down because you've got guys like Will Ospreay and Jay White and Juice Robinson and others that are here in America, couldn't be there. But guys like Chase Owens and Tama Tonga, who wouldn't be in the field, have impressed me. And while the matches overall haven't been as good as they typically are in a G1, I'm still really enjoying it. Match of the tournament thus far for me, Shingo Takagi, Tomohiro Ishii, Shingo Takagi, Zack Sabre Jr. And we'll just kind of leave it at that. But uh, there's my G1 report. But uh, yeah, it's been exciting. I'm still sticking with Okada over Zack Sabre Jr. in the finals. But yeah, you at least recognize some names there. Oh, yeah. And no, I recognize most of them. Most of them. Yeah, you've mm-hmm. seen most of these guys. I don't. Most have you seen Zack Sabre Jr. yet? I don't, I, I don't think so. He's the one yeah. I've told you. He's British and he's a mm-hmm. submission guy and he'll twist you up into a pretzel. Really? So we'll, we'll definitely have to watch him because he's got a very unique style that he's just the best at it in the world right now. So. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, and while we're talking about New Japan, I just want to at least say – Fucking now two weeks in a row are, if you recall, which was Minoru Suzuki versus AJ Styles from the 2014 G1, got fucked up again uh, when we tried to play it. And, uh, like, this is the, you know, this all sucks, obviously. But, like, you know how much I love, if you recall, and watching these matches with you and talking about it. And we just can't even fucking get it out on the show. And I'm fucking tired of it. So, Uh, yeah. I guess uh, let's at least try and let's roll the tape right now and see if we can play it now as opposed to the end. So roll it, roll it, roll it. It's Saturday night and you know what that means. It's time for the Greg Goldman Hour and live. From Studio J in Queens, New York, he's the real king of Queens, New York's favorite, he's Greg! Alright, alright, everyone pipe down, pipe down, pipe down. Hey, guess what, Hoagie? What's that, Greg? The Giants. The New York football fucking Giants. They fucking suck. <laughs> oh, and three. Oh. They lost on a last second field goal to the fucking Falcons. Go figure. Big fucking surprise. Jesus Christ, Hoagie. Is it so goddamn hard to have some decent fucking teams in this town? Yeah, yeah, you know, I don't really uh, follow football all that much, but uh, but uh, what about the uh, the rock, the uh, the Jets? Yeah, what about the Jets? The Jets, they fucking suck worse than the fucking Giants. Oh, wow. Uh, you said you said the Giants were 0-3, and, and the Jets are worse than that? They're way fucking worse. Oh, I don't know. What about the Yankees? Well, you know, they fucking win a lot, but they suck ass, you know? Fuck the Yankees. Hey, and fuck Philly. <laughs> Oh, 
You like that, ladies and gentlemen? You like that? Well, I fucking don't. Philly's the biggest goddamn shithole in the Western Hemisphere, I tell you. All right, everyone. Welcome to the Greg Goldman Hour. And I, how you doing this week, Hoagie? Yeah, I was. I'm. I'm doing real swell. Now that we're, uh, it's funny. Now that we're back in uh, Manhattan, I. Uh, I actually found myself at the exact same place where you and I met all these years ago. It was in Central Park, and there he was, ladies and gentlemen, digging a hole. And I don't know if you noticed, but I was being. I was being showered with dirt. I woke up and I said, "Hey, what the hell are you doing?" You know, because I don't know if you know this, ladies and gentlemen, but it's it's not too uh, legal to dig in Central Park. It's kind of like uh, extremely illegal. See, I, I know this guy who he got he got arrested and sent to jail for six months just for digging a little hole next to a tree so he could stay asleep. And and I so, so I told this guy, I say, hey, I don't know what your name is, but uh, maybe you should, uh, you know, not dig. And and he said. Oh, let those cocksucking Manhattan sipping cops just try something. And I said, they'll do more than try. And I said, well, what are you even burying? And he says, I'm burying my dreams. And I said, what are, what are, you, what are your dreams? And he said that Vince McMahon will ever get his shit together. And I says, well, I've never met this Vince guy, but I wish you give him a chance and he might surprise you. And uh, then we hear the twigs cracking and the Central Park Rangers coming around and he comes through the brush and he, he takes one look at Greg and then he takes one look at me and he starts to put me in handcuffs. He says, we don't want any bums around here. And then Greg, I can't even remember the spew, the bile that came out of Greg's mouth. It was one of the most beautiful and heinous scenes I've ever witnessed. And he scared that Central Park Ranger back to where he came from. and. Uh, yeah, ever since then, the rest is, uh, as they say, history. Oh. Yeah, that fucking Manhattan fucking wine sipping fucking cop had it coming, right, Hoagie? He sure did. He sure did. Oh, my God, Hoagie. Man, I forgot you told me that shit about good old Vinny, man. You were right, man, all those fucking years ago about good old Vince McMahon. Goddamn. Yeah. Yeah, I still don't know who that is, but uh, I, I don't know. Maybe he's got his, his, his stuff together. Maybe he hasn't. I, I don't know. You talk about him a lot, but uh, yeah. In short, Hokey, he's a great guy who's letting Nick Khan ruin his company. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, before we get started in this shit heap that was the World Wrestling fucking entertainment this week, we got an ad to read this week. We got a sponsorship, ladies and gentlemen. All right, here we go. O'Reilly Auto Parts. O'Reilly fucking Auto... What the fuck is this? No one drives a goddamn car in New York City. Are you fucking kidding me? I haven't had one of those fucking things since the 93 Firebird. And I know you've never owned a car, Hoagie. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I uh, know what you're insinuating, Greg. So, no, I never uh, owned a car. But, uh, you know, I'm not worthless. I mean, you know, I've been run over by a car. You know, that's not nothing. All right, everybody. Who the fuck here has ever owned a goddamn car before? Because I know most of you are from fucking Queens, Brooklyn, wherever. The- Raise your hand. Who the fuck has ever owned a car? <laughs> Look at that. See? See? Jesus Christ. Right? I'll read it. I'll read it. <clears throat> Start by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store today. 
and let us help you increase the performance oh, fuck, performance of your car or truck. Jesus Christ. All right. Simple things like replacing your air filter, changing worn out spark plugs, and using fuel injector cleaner can add up to better fuel economy and the big savings. Big savings. My fucking Jimmy down the street can get you a fucking car fix for a buck fifty. Jesus. Come on, keep going, Greg. You're doing great. You're barely messing up on any words. Come on. Thanks, Augie. Appreciate it. There's an O'Reilly Auto Parts store close to you that has the name brands, low prices, and people who can help. Better parts, better prices every day. O'Reilly Auto... I gotta fucking sing it? Yeah, sing the jingle, Greg. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Ow. All right, whatever. Get the fuck out of here with this fucking ad read. Let's talk some fucking WWE. All right, ladies and gentlemen, big weekend, probably one of the most violent weekends you'd expect to fucking see. Extreme Rules this Sunday. And let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, Extreme Rules. A pay-per-view with that type of name invokes violence and invokes fucking rage, stipulation matches. There was one. One goddamn stipulation match in the entire fucking car. And it was the only match worth talking about. So let's talk about it. Roman Reigns versus the goddamn demon Finn Balor. All right. Universal Championship. It's the demon. Like they, they fucking tease the demon. Apparently he's like in the paint, but not the demon until like the end of the fucking match. I don't fucking know. But anyway, we get to the end of this match. And honestly, the fucking most cartoonish goddamn thing I've ever seen in my life happens. So all of a sudden, like the red lights go fucking red. And this goddamn ballet guy on the ground, he's fucking convulsing like something's happening to him. And then he just no-sells the last like fucking 20 minutes of the match and goes goddamn nuts on Roman. And like, apparently they're trying to establish as this is a cool thing they can fucking do. But then the fucking, he goes up to do the coupe de grace, you know, that fucking stomps he does off the, you know, the fucking stomps, Hoagie, right? I've showed you the stomps, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You talk it right now. You're talking about, uh, like uh, demons and like salad, what, what, who, why do you you keep talking about Romaine? Yeah, no, Roman, he's the fucking guy. You know the dog. You know the dog oh. from WWE. He's that guy. Yeah, yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I know what you're talking so, about. So Ballet gets up to the top rope to do his fucking top rope stomps, and then it just breaks. Like that's that's the story they meant to do. That it just fucking breaks, and Bala loses. So they spent like fucking a whole match doing just a regular, a good wrestling match, to be honest. Bala and Roman have some fucking incredible chemistry. But fucking. Yeah, Yeah, Roman goes with everything. It does. It goes great with everything. Fucking Seth, fucking Finn, fucking Edge. Ah, fuck Edge. He's Finn. Anyways, so fucking. That's like the story of the match. And Finn just loses. They establish this whole fucking cool thing. And then it means shit. You know what I fucking mean? That's uh, that's it sounds like they had some problems with stakes in there. So this week, Hoagie, you know, you know, sports, right, Hoagie? Uh, You've heard of sports. I've I've, I've heard of the concept. Yeah. Yeah. We could talk about it. Yeah. What's going on? So, you know how in sports they do like drafts for rosters, like the NFL does a draft beginning of the fucking year. Yep. I know about that. So they did like that sort of thing this week in fucking WWE. Right. Well, last night on SmackDown specifically. But, you know, they sort of build into it. Right. Okay. Okay. 
Tell me more. So on Monday Night Fucking Raw, right? First off, you started out with a disqualification in a fucking title match, which is bullshit already. Like, and then they fucking have another match later in the night. But like, what the fuck? Start with the disqualification? I, I for one can't believe it. Right. It's unfucking believable Hoagie, right? Yeah. Anyways, the big thing I'm fucking upset about, I'll talk a little bit more about the rest of Raw, but the thing I'm upset about is that after the last title match, the main fucking event, Drew McIntyre comes out and like he fucking like challenges Big E. He's like, Big E, I want to fucking fight you. Not really, but he just like comes out, right? And then Big E, okay. But then you get to the fucking WWE draft last night. Big E's drafted a Raw. Drew's drafted a SmackDown. They're not going to fucking fight each other. They built up this whole bullshit and nothing's going to fucking happen because of it. Well, maybe maybe that'll be like a side story. Like uh, they'll be mad that, that they, they won't be able to fight each other. Maybe there'll be like a crossover. Do you think that's possible? Or am I being stupid again? I mean, I think I don't think you'd be stupid, Hoagie, because WWE's being stupid because this doesn't even take place for another fucking like three weeks or so. Ah. But fucking... So, like, and then with the Raw Women's Championship, they draft the Raw Women's Champion, Raw, Raw, the red brand, to SmackDown. Now, the Raw Women's Champion's on SmackDown, the SmackDown Women's Champion's on SmackDown, and Raw gets shit. I'm very confused. As you fucking should be, Hoagie. This shit is confusing as shit. It's why I'm upset. And they got fucking NXT guys coming up in this fucking draft. Like, hit row. Look, I watched NXT on Tuesday. Let me tell you, that show fucking sucked except for Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker, I've showed you the numbers guy, right? I showed you the guy who kept calling the other guy fat. I remember something like that, yeah. Yeah, this week he said a fucking banger line. He said, what did he say? He said, fucking, you want a friend? Go get a dog. That was the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard in my goddamn life. Yeah, it's a man's best friend. There you go. Anyway, so Hit Rogue is drafted to SmackDown. Meanwhile, right before on Tuesday, Fab B from Hit Row has one of the worst fucking matches I've seen on goddamn television in ages. I mean, just pure awful. Like, like I know nobody gives a shit about Meltzer's fucking ratings, but I swear to God that match is going to get like negative fucking three stars or some shit like that. It was really bad. It was bad. They're not ready. And like you know, it's national fucking television. You know, if you're not ready for national television, don't put them on your developmental show on national television. You know, national television. I I definitely know what you are talking about. Yeah. So then I got this pay-per-view coming up. Like it's good. It's a pay-per-view. You know, they're always like th- Sunday nights. Very fucking big, right? Next pay-per-view is Thursday at noon. Like in a couple weeks. Like what the fuck? Thursday at noon? Are you fucking kidding me? That's yeah, uh, that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty strange. I feel like that's when like a like a children's concert would be, you know. Well, <laughs> you know, fucking WWE, Hoagie. The whole goddamn thing's like a fucking children's concert. Oh, oh, Greg, you stop it. Hey, I mean, yeah, and then fucking Edge is drafted. He's like, he's at the age right where he's not fucking wrestling all the time. He's a fucking part timer. They don't get drafted, right? So why the fuck is Edge going over to Raw now? I have no idea. And they, like, say, like, Meltzer fucking said, Meltzer fucking said that Edge was not going to be there for a fucking while. And then he announced he was going to be on SmackDown. Like, what the fuck is that? This is obviously WWE, Nick Khan, fucking hot shot and everything, right all the way to the fucking end, just to get Edge to appear on SmackDown. I don't know, because fucking Dynamite went well. Who the fuck knows? That's very, con- very confusing. I am, ve- I am just as confused as you. As you fucking should be. They are doing a piss poor job at fucking making people know what's going on. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, 
I know that's something that you care about or or, or don't care about at all. But uh, how you you don't sound super happy. How are the ratings? Oh, oh my fucking god, hoax, hoax! I've told you almost every other day since we've met. I don't give a fuck about the ratings. Yeah, yeah, Who yeah. gives a fuck about the ratings? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the ratings report. <laughs> So the ratings, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about them for a little bit. Raw had 1.71 and AEW had 1.52 in terms of total viewership. Now, I don't know about fucking you, but I'm pretty sure 1.71 is a bigger number than 1.152. So I'm not sure why everyone keeps saying that AEW's fucking winning every week when it's very fucking clear WWE's got more viewers. But hey, if you look at the demo, Raw's 0.48 and AEW is 0.45. Now, I don't know about you, Hoagie, but I'm pretty fucking sure that 0.48 is a bigger number than 0.45. Am I right? Yeah, I think uh, in terms of like a statistical analysis, uh, I would not say that would be a uh, statistically significant difference between those two numbers. Those two numbers are very close. So uh, probably, probably I think you could just say they're about the same. Right, so with that, with those fucking numbers, it's very. I'm very happy to announce that AEW Dynamite has been the number one rated show on cable television for the past fucking six weeks. Right, they've been number one in the ratings. AEW has been. I thought you just said they had lower numbers. They've been number one six weeks in a row. I'm telling you, that's what it is. It's true. It's the fucking ratings. Look it up. Google it. Oh, okay. You use Google, Hoagie? Oh, uh, yeah. Sometimes at the library. Well, fucking read, fucking Rita over here, fucking smart guy. I like it, hoax. Fucking like it. Yeah. All right. All right, everyone. Do we have a fucking show for you tonight? <laughs> Way better fucking guest than last time. Like significantly fucking better. Let's see who our guest is. Uh, hey, Greg. Uh, before you open that, I got a question for you. So, 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 Greg, I got this friend. Uh, he's got this uh, talk show. And uh, this friend is, you know, I'm starting to think that maybe uh, people like him for the wrong reasons. That people ain't so much laughing with him as they are laughing at him. I'm starting to think that maybe, just maybe, this friend is being set up to play the fool. Hoagie? What's... Yeah. Let me tell you something about your friend. Yeah. Sounds like a fucking moron. <laughs> All right. All right. We're going to fucking That's ignore true. that, Hoagie. Your friend yeah. sounds like a moron. You should, I don't know. You should fucking realize he's a moron. All right. That's so true. tonight we got Micah Pellegrini from the Specifically Devoid podcast. Hey, look at that. Sounds like it came from fucking out of space, but whatever. We're going to have a fucking great time, ladies and gentlemen. This is the grand fucking Goldman Hour. We'll be right back. Man, I'm, I'm really glad we finally got to, like, you know, show that. Like, because, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because really, you know, kind of Suzuki's matches on Dynamite just kind of really... You know, weren't even close to that. Yep. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm glad we uh, finally got to get that on the show, and yeah, uh, yeah fun, fun stuff, yeah. and uh, Eat it, more Greg. more G1 to come, I'm sure. But uh, hey, uh, are you ready to talk about dynamite? Let's do it. 
Let's do it! Okay, AEW Dynamite from Wednesday night, September 29th, 2021, Rochester, New York, the home of the late, great Mr. Brody Lee. So we knew coming in that this was going to be a very emotional night. I definitely uh, welled up a few times uh, watching the show and, uh, you know, Overall, and they mentioned right off the bat that, you know, they've got a partnership or the creation of the John Huber Legacy Foundation, which is great. I saw Pro Wrestling Tees came out with another new Brody Lee shirt where all the proceeds go to that foundation. Um, but yeah, just a great showing by AEW in Rochester to kind of honor Brody Lee this evening. Yeah, and no, I'm glad they, they kind of got this because, you know, the one um, right after Christmas, I think. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, that one kind of was a lot more of like mourning and and, yeah. and, and, and this one kind of was a bit more of a, a celebration. Yes. I Good way of putting it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great stuff. Great stuff. So we start off and again, we get CM Punk on commentary and, you know, I've seen people on Twitter or Reddit complaining, but it's like, do we really need this every week? You know what? We haven't seen the guy in over seven years and he's the best fucking commentator at the booth. So well, I'm it's not like, complaining. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, if he's going to be on every week, which like it's pretty damn close to it, like, are you going to oh, have yeah. him just do kind of keep doing like a promo Yeah, you know, every week? Like which I think he's like this- been doing and it was already kind of getting, I don't want to say stale, but it was all right. Let's trot him out again this week. So yeah, it's a, a good call. Yeah, no, this is kind of great because if he's kind of doing the state state of the uh, state of the uh, promotion yeah. kind of thing, this is a good way for him to kind of do that. And also kind of he has kind of like not so much of like a Jericho energy on commentary where it's like, you know, just very sudden and like lightning yep. strike. But he does bring a kind of similar kind of enthusiasm to it. Yeah, a little less in your face, but mm-hmm. still like really funny yep. and, you know, really smart when he's talking about this stuff. And uh, yeah, I just love having him on there. And, you know, four people is too much. There's no doubt about that, but they make it work. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's fun. So we kick it off with a banger in which Adam Cole, it's all about the boom, defeats Jungle Boy. In 13 minutes, 39 seconds. Great match. Not exactly a clean finish as uh, Cole hit him with the back low blow kick, which led to, I guess they're calling his last shot knee just the boom now. Mm -hmm. I feel like boom knee would maybe be a little better, but at least it's got a name. They're not just calling it the Shining Wizard. Um, But just a, you know, classic, awesome, fun, high energy, great counters, great strikes, opener. What'd you think? Yeah, you know, I think this was uh, like a great showcase of like their kind of young talent, not versus old, because like he's like what in his thirties, but like more established talent. Oh yeah, um, yeah. No, this was a great showcase of the you know very very jumpy. Um, yep. You know, like this had a lot of super kicks, but it wasn't very overdone like the Bucks were. Like they seemed very timely and very like important in terms of shifting the momentum of the match. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, you know, I think both of them, you know, especially Jungle Boy continues to impress and uh you know like yeah. he's definitely somebody who uh anytime he's got a match like hard not to be excited yeah and i mean anytime he's had these matches with kind of more established opponents like mm-hmm. a kenny like a darby he's always put on an amazing performance but he's come up short every time yeah so kind of with this theme of predictability and not a lot of upsets that we talk about yeah i would love to see a jungle boy win this match or a nick not really a nick jackson over a brian danielson that we'll get to on rampage but something similar but 
again, Adam Cole's new. He needs to be put over. I'm not complaining. Yeah, but, and Jungle Boy's young too. Like, like yeah. he has a lot of time. But, but, but the fact that he's like at this level, for um, sure, at, at this point in his career, you know, and that you're asking this question, like, it does need to happen. You know, you can't just kind of have him like keep losing, especially if you're going to feature not just him but Jurassic Express and like main storylines. And if we're as we'll get to the talk about the four pillars of the company. Oh, yeah. He's kind of the one, at least as we stand now, a little bit on the outside looking in compared to the other three. But Uh fascinating talk that we'll get to later when we get to MJF's promo. But I did want to at least mention specifically one move in this match that I have not seen in AEW, that I've not seen much outside of like Lucha and New Japan. And that's when... Uh, They were kind of fighting on the apron and Jungle Boy was inside the ring and jumped over the rope and did the Hurricane Rana on the pole outside onto the floor, which is a move Dragon Lee, who is a Lucha guy, but has been in New Japan. Like he does it quite frequently. And like, it's such a crazy move because it always comes out of nowhere and you just don't expect like the jump over and then the Hurricane Rana right onto the floor. Mm -hmm. But that one really got me fucking going because it's like, that's just not something you see on television much. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. holy shit. Holy shit. That was fucking tight. Yeah. um, Like, I I remember thinking, like, Adam Cole, like, goes out of the ring, and I'm just like, all right, you know, he's going to, like, suicide dive or something like that. Then he, like, pulls that shit out. (laughs) I was like, oh, Lord. Yeah, a lot of great moves in this match. I mean, Jungle Boy, he's hit his classic brain buster. Uh Uh, Belly to belly, German, running running drop kick for two. You know, that was all in kind of one fell swoop. Cole, the backstabber, the kind of Ushiguroshi where he kind of has him up on the shoulders mm. and then down to the knee. Yeah. And then, yeah, like you said, a lot of kicks on both sides and just a lot of great counters down the stretch. Cole hit that Panama sunrise for the yep. two count where he was just like he couldn't believe it, which I think that's kind of what led to him getting the low blow and getting the victory. But yeah, just a very, very fun uh, opener as we're used to here on this uh, here television show. Yeah, they've been killing it with those. And like, remember when we started doing this, they were doing the tag team openers. Yep, and now they've kind of moved to these like bigger main main event kind of things. Correct. And uh, yeah, you know, I think it's been pretty cool. Kind of similar yeah, fact. I, I was going to bring that up. And Rampage has done the same thing, you know, which we've talked about makes sense for them to have their biggest match first. You get the SmackDown crowd coming over, and given that it's a ten o'clock show, it's just kind of a better. Slot. Oh yeah, well, on that and like whenever they, you know, if they're filming it back to back, if you're in the audience too, yes, yeah, which yeah. we've experienced, and like people leave, so like you get those big matches first. You watch that, and then you know if you want to leave, you can leave. But uh, yeah. yeah, awesome stuff here. You know, I I'm a broken record, but it's just so cool having Adam Cole here. The guy's fucking great. He looks great. He's a beautiful man, as we yeah. talked about. Mm-hmm. Love his music. Great wrestler. Yeah, just super cool, super click. And speaking of which, after the match, we get uh, the elite. Those bastards come mm-hmm. out, and I think we all knew where this was uh, headed towards. But Carl Anderson's got the microphone like a chucklehead talking about all their damn titles and leaving the, you know, it's funny because the young bucks don't have any and right and says they're the greatest tag team in the world, which we've mm. heard a million fucking times. 
And then, you know, Cutler tries to talk and Nick's like, shut up and takes the mic and he's like, we're going to hand it over to the best promo in professional wrestling. And, you know, everyone's chanting CM Punk. He's like, Nakazawa. Oh, that was that was great. Because like like when they got it, it was like silence. Yeah. And he didn't even talk. I think like he got the mic and just didn't even say anything. (laughs) So, yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. I love how they like hang people out. You know, they have their like goons. They hang out to dry It's a nice touch. Yeah, yeah. Those again, we've talked about, especially Cutler, but Cutler and Nakazawa have done just a great job playing the Stooges throughout this whole thing. But uh, you know, then Kenny gets on the mic and you know talks about the the thirty minute draw with Danielson from the week prior, and he does give him credit. He's like, "You took me to my limit, but you didn't win. You still have no record, and you're not getting your rematch." Mm -hmm. You know, which is kind of what he was saying on social media last week too. Which is what heels are going to do. Yeah. So, you know, and then that kind of leads Danielson to come out. Um, and then he's like to the fans, do you want to see the rematch? And of course, everyone. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And he basically says that Kenny doesn't have the balls to give him a rematch, which leads to the crowd chanting no balls. Mm-hmm. Which leads to Brian Danielson saying, I present to you no balls, Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. which is kind of a classic just wrestling trope. You know, you, yeah. play, you play into the crowd and then CM Punk took it the next step further on commentaries. Like you could make a t-shirt out of that, which honestly wouldn't surprise me one bit if it was made. Yeah. Um, you know, just silliness here, but um, you know, he, he ends up challenged. He's like, I'll take on any of you guys on rampage. And then Kenny's like, well, how about right now? Because it's, what, seven on one, which uh-huh. then, of course, leads to his allies, the Jurassic Express and Christian coming out. And in classic fashion, when they come in the ring, the heels skedaddle. And, uh, yeah, I, you know, nothing earth-shattering coming out of this segment, but more kind of development, you know, towards Kenny Danielson, too, perhaps. But uh, we'll uh, talk about something a little bit later on, which I think – may push this match off perhaps we'll see maybe yeah maybe um but yes fun stuff oh and kazarian was out with that oh yeah he's with them yeah so um and then we had the lucha bros with alex abrahantes which this is just same old shit here Mm -hmm. with uh, andrade trouncing his way in congratulations on the title uh where's pack and uh the but jose jose's showing up a little bit more he's talking a little bit yeah yeah basically says you guys need to defend i think he was referencing the triple a tag team titles not the aew so Mm -hmm. those are the ones from the mexican right yeah um and andrade says he has some friends that are going to take those titles and the lucha bros basically agree so I don't know who it's going to be. I'm guessing they'll bring up some luchadors or something from AAA. So the forbidden door continues to be open and uh, multiple forbidden will... doors. The forbidden yeah. back door, you know, yeah. Down yeah. South. side door, perhaps the one on the, one on, yeah. on the patio. Yeah, Bobby Fish is coming in the side door, as we'll talk about here later. But yeah, uh, you know, let's just see some fucking matches with these guys. This yeah, yeah, they are, yeah, yeah, yep. Well, let's let's get to it. With let's do it. Okay, and now. We have the Nightmare Family featuring Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson with Arn Anderson and Brody Rhodes. Brody Rhodes! (laughs) Brandy Rhodes (laughs) defeating Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. 
But you know what? We're going to skip the match for now. And the fireworks are after the match. Yeah. The, I mean, shot, the shots fired, so mm-hmm. to speak, are mm-hmm. after the match. So little context. Cody got booed again this week after getting pretty vociferously booed last week at Arthur Ashe against Malachi Black in his losing effort when he got black misted in the face. Mm-hmm. We've talked a, more off air, but enough on air about a Cody heel turn. And we're kind of at a point where even before this week, it's like he's got to lean into this. Yeah, yeah. Know? Like something's got to happen because you're not going to change people's minds with any sort of win you know, <laughs> and, at this point. I don't and think. And he and Tony Khan and AEW know that more than anything. You know, yeah, like yeah. they play to the fans pretty well. Mm-hmm. So they, something had to happen. So Cody. Well, so let's also note Lee Johnson tagged himself in and got the victory. Mm hmm. So, like, that was already kind of a thing. Like, typically, Cody would do that. You know, he's uh-huh. the bigger name, more established star. But Lee tagged himself in, got the win. So, like, that's already kind of a bit of a head scratcher. Uh-huh. Cody's coming off the loss. You know, he gets on the mic after and just starts talking about Malachi Black again. He's like, he should come out here right now. And then mm. fucking our good friend Andy Reid, a.k.a. Arn Anderson, comes up and he's like, Cody, stop talking oh shit okay and that i wrote all this down and it's about fucking seven lines of notes here but i'm gonna just read it read it yeah he says matt and this is paraphrase of course like malachi used (laughs) see i wrote it in different points of view but basically malachi used arn to get to cody and got cody to take his boot off and you know feign retirement Arn didn't like that. Yeah. <laughs> and Arn didn't like Cody checking in on him last week when he was uh, hurt or whatever in that fucked up weird apron spot. Yeah. And that and that Malachi Black would do anything to destroy them. Ask Brock. Ask Lee. Arn would do it, but he's too damn old. And he said, there are differences between me and Cody. Like, if you pull up to a red light, and now he kind of starts inching a little closer to yeah. it. And you get pulled out of your car... And they're taking your car. Cody would say, just take it. Don't hurt me. But Arn would pull his fucking Glock out, put it on the guy's forehead, and spill his brains all over the concrete. I just, what? Like, massive threat. You know, like, just... (laughs) Just couldn't believe it. Like, I love... I was dying laughing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, does he have a history of taking it, like, that far? Or, like, or, or gun ownership or or Second Amendment stuff? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Because, because I remember seeing all this stuff on Twitter before I, I watched it on a Saturday morning or Friday yeah. morning. I think that, the that, that's The memes were so – yeah, so you kind of knew mm-hmm. something was going on. Yeah, I knew on so, something was amiss with him and him and a gun. <laughs> but, like, oh my for, 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 for it to be that, that extreme, you know, was... and, and – yeah. And then he basically says he doesn't want to coach a loser like Cody, and at least Lee listens to him, and then they leave. Cody's Uh, alone. So we've got some big fucking storyline movement here, whichever way it's going to put us. Like, in terms of that, I love it because we – It was necessary. Yes, we've talked ad nauseum. Cody needs something fresh. And we, last week, are like, what the hell has he done all year? I really not much, just mm. nightmare family factory bullshit for the most part. You know, there was maybe some stuff earlier in the year, but yeah, 
this was needed. And now the question is, how is he going to react to this? Mm. Yeah. um, It's going to be interesting. I mean, like he's currently kind of alone. I assume maybe like what's going to happen with Dustin, you know, I feel like that's got to be the next place to turn. Um, But like, yeah, like I assume like that, that's going to be where it's going to go. But yeah, kind of that, that's going to be good for both him and the nightmare family. Really speaking of, Speaking of turn, you said, like, will we see the heel turn? I feel like we have to. But the question is, like, will he stay with Arn and the Nightmare family? And will they all turn heel? Like, because Arn is obvious, like, that was a very healy thing to do. Oh, oh, yeah, to insinuate murdering someone, which I, which I think (laughs) like the crowd loved it and the people were eating it up like it was a baby face thing. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to change people on, like, I don't think that they've, you know, put people, you know, put sympathy back on him yet. No, not no. at all. Like, 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 and I think it's going to take like a couple other like defections or losses or betrayals in order for him to even be close to being in that position to, to kind of get people to stop booing him. So now I think like, you know, the easiest option here is just to turn him heel. Um, I mean, does he have history with like the guys in the elite or anything like that? Yeah. yeah. So that's the thing like he was in bullet club yeah okay and in the elite so to speak even like technically when aew started he was like basically with them but kind of just went his own path uh-huh. yeah i mean clearly they've still got their hands full with all the danielson you know jungle boy that christian thing. but yeah i mean I'm just very glad this happened. It was hilarious. The memes have been hilarious. Just however many objects you see on, you know, mm-hmm. a banana. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There were a million different things. Yeah. I wish I could recall them, but just so funny. There's now a Twitter account called Arn Anderson's Glock. <laughs> I followed it. Also, yeah. follow us on Twitter at Brainbuster Boys and Instagram at Brainbuster Boys. We suck at plugging ourselves. Follow us and, and subscribe to our shit. Yeah, follow, Please. subscribe, like, review. Fuck Greg Goldman hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, just uh, awesome stuff. And the match, you know, well, let's at least mention the match. The match was fun. Obviously, anytime Dante Martin is out there, it's uh, you're going to get some highlights. And he's and, jumping uh, over Lee Johnson and yeah. just, you know, all that. Yeah, just good stuff. Um, yeah. Just a fun, it was a fun match, you know, for what it was, it was an entertaining 10 or so minute match. Um, right. Yeah. And uh, then uh, we have, oh, let me find it. We had our squash match in which uh, the team of Darby Allen, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley got together as they typically do to squash jobbers and they defeat Anthony Green and Bear Country in three minutes, 24 seconds. We've seen Bear Country sprinkled a little bit throughout Dynamite prior. This was mm-hmm. Anthony Green's Dynamite debut, mm-hmm. someone who's been on Dark and Elevation, who I've never seen before. Honestly, can't really say I even really remember him too much from this match. Just Not really. You know, it was a three and a half minute match. We knew exactly what was going to happen. And I was probably tweeting or texting someone at the time. Um, but yeah, it's fun to see this all-star team of sorts get together and knock out jobbers. But uh, yeah, it gives them something to do on these off weeks. Yeah, pretty, you know, simple. You know, like the Bear Country, they had a couple moves that just like bounced off of them. They had a belly flop, but that's pretty much it. You know, that's oh, what, kind Darby, of all they really got in. Darby yeah. hitting the coffin drop on those two massive dudes and them selling it, I thought was pretty fun. Because it's like those guys are probably a combined 600 pounds and he's yeah. probably... 
a buck 60 soaking wet and they had yeah. to sell the coffin drop. I thought that was a geek. Yeah. And then staying after the match got one of them in the scorpion death drop or scorpion death lock. I don't even remember, but uh, yeah, I was going to say like we, these guys need some uh, feuds, but uh, there will be more to come on that at least for two of the three. Uh, one more match, not a feud, but one big feud coming your way uh, later in the program. And then we have uh, Britt Baker and Ruby Soho promo uh, where, uh, hey, yo, uh, Britt, uh, Britt proved that she's the most dominant woman in pro wrestling. And Ruby said next time she'll get the AEW Women's World Championship. So, you know, I can't imagine we're going to see this again super quickly, but mm-hmm. it was a fun match and a fun, you know, the promos building up were great. So I'm happy to see it again if it does happen. Yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, I think, it'd be, you know, definitely like one without like the interference and the heel shenanigans would be good yes. between those two. Yes, yes. And then uh, we have Matt Hardy and his group, the Hardy family office coming out and he's just crying about uh, his uh, Rochester debut last year getting deleted because so he and Brody Lee were supposed to have both debuted in mm-hmm. Rochester last year. The show ended up being their first show after COVID hit, their first empty fan show. So they both did end up debuting, but obviously there were no fans. So he was just uh, talking about all that and that Rochester didn't deserve it. They're an awful town that produces awful people and they don't deserve Matt Hardy. I disagree. Mm -hmm. Um, But we had uh, the 16-man tag match in which the Dark Order and Orange Cassidy defeated the Hardy family office in 7 minutes, 53 seconds. One note, I want to note that Five, who's known as Alan Angels, was unmasked. You know, it seemed like that may be kind of a thing that may end up happening because he's he was the one in particular that, like, Hit, took this kind of dark order splintering the hardest and uh-huh. he looked great without the mask um and he actually had a great match with kenny during the pandemic last year prior to joining the dark order so yeah. uh alan angels here we come but uh the story of the match here clearly and this is the one that uh you know got me to maybe shed a little tear too was you know the dissension of the dark order continuing and I think Angelico had tossed Alex Reynolds into Evil Uno, which those two have kind of been at odds more than anyone. Mm-hmm. They're arguing, they're arguing. Colt Cabana gets involved. They're kind of up on the ramp, which leads Amanda Huber, Brody's wife, and Negative One, and Ty Conti and Anna Jay to come out. And I fucking loved this because negative one had the rolled up papers and he hammered evil uno with them and Stu grayson like that's what we talked about it brody would do that on being the elite specifically to evil uno Mm -hmm. and it was the funniest shit because he's just like hitting them with a wad of papers and they're selling it like he's hitting them with a brick Mm -hmm. so you know to see his son come out there and do it and you know his wife come out and say like not now you're ruining everything like Uh let's win this for brody like Obviously, like they're not going to have the Dark Order lose on this show and in Rochester. So it was really cool. That moment was really cool just on a human level. And then to see them get together and just all combined, just beat the shit out of them. They all kind of got their moves in. Um, It ended with Evil Uno and Stu hitting the fatality and Silver getting the pin. And just uh, good, fun, heartwarming stuff here. Yeah. And, you know, I like kind of how 
the Dark Order's kind of gotten back together and what they've done, especially how they feature Brody Lee's family. The one thing that's kind of missing from this for me is like these riffs from the Dark Order. Like, I like I think we've talked, this is sort of a being the elite thing, right? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, see, like, I, I just wish I kind of knew at least where that kind of came from a little bit more. It kind of feels like in Star Wars, you know, whenever people are like, oh, you know, but, the, you know, like this plot beat happens in a book. And I'm like, I don't want to read the fucking book. Well, so it has still happened. Like, there was a big promo in Milwaukee, if you remember, like one of the video ones where Mm -hmm. they kind of first broke up. So there has been enough of it on television, for sure. But, you know, being the elites just kind of emphasize. But, you know, we've been talking about it each week, like when they they've had their arguments still on TV. Yeah. Um, But so I want to just bring this up now, Uh because obviously this has been a huge topic of conversation. What's going on with the Dark Order? Where's Hangman? Is Bray Wyatt going to debut? Which we got our answer to that. No. And I don't think we really thought he was. But with Rochester being Brody's Mm. hometown, it had to at least be mentioned. But. So we get the announcement. Let's we'll just jump ahead of there's going to be a ladder match next week on the second anniversary of Dynamite with six participants and a Joker. Now, I don't have them in front of me, but the six participants John, are Andrade, Andrade, Moxley, Pack, Lance Orange Archer, Cassidy. Orange Cassidy, and Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. That begs the question. Is the Joker Hangman Adam Page? Does he come back next week, win the ladder match, setting up the match with Kenny at full gear? Wow, that would be pretty, pretty intense. Uh, yeah, so I started seeing that come out, and I'm like, you know what? Feels like it'd be the right way to kind of bring him back. You know, it'd still be kind of a surprise. There's your easy way to set up the title without Kenny kind of getting involved. Mm-hmm. The more I thought about it, the more it made sense. What do you so, think about that? So, so I, I guess you know it makes sense from that entire perspective. But like, where is uh, Danielson and Kenny too going to slot in? Because like, are you going to completely just you know prune that storyline there? Uh, well, you, you know, could because you had. Ken- I mean, because he didn't win, he technically didn't earn the rematch in kayfabe. You know, yeah. So, yeah. And if, you know, this match, this ladder match is for the next title shot anyway. Yeah, so, and nobody in the Jurassic Express, you know, uh, Christian, you know, conglomerate is in it. So, correct. I mean, are they just going to kind of brush that to the side or are they going to kind of have an, like, like it, 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 they have an interesting decision to make? Yeah, because I, I think if it is Hangman, yes, you do brush that to the side. And, you know, Danielson can do a lot of different things here, you know, well, he and can, that, that match will be ready made. Well, I guess that's the thing. It wouldn't be for the title unless like we've kind of predicted and thought that hangman doesn't win the first time, which mm-hmm. I still would like, you know, it's so weird because like as a fan of hangman and like wanting, like, of course it'd be amazing to see him win the title right now. But like, as we've talked about a million times, like I just think having him lose, and win it later would be better, but I guess losing that elimination tag and him kind of going away for a little while, you know, could kind of serve more as that rock bottom moment, but I don't know. It's exciting. Like just the fact that we get to talk about this, that Brian Danielson is getting in the way of hangman and Kent, like it's crazy, Uh, but you're right. It's a great point. Like what's going to happen. I don't know. Uh, I just thought it was an interesting thought and it would, uh, make a lot of sense so one other note 
the dynamite after full gear is in Virginia, which is Hangman's home state. And like he's on the graphic for that show. Mm-hmm. So my thought is if he doesn't come back prior, he's probably coming back for that show. But yeah, we don't know. And it is an interesting thought and it would make a lot of sense because if it's not him, who is it? Yeah. I mean, like I, I would hate, like, especially if they, you know, bring you him. You could always bring debut, him back this debut yeah. someone new, but it's like, a, we've ta- who's that even going to be at this point? Right. There's yeah. no one really that that could be. That, that, that would, that would generate that much excitement. You yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. That would, that would, you know, really kind of serve that purpose i'm so. trying to think if there's someone that's been like hurt or out for a while you know like cage hasn't been around for a bit but he's yeah. already been the joker in one of these two double yeah. or nothing 2020 so yeah uh you know it's uh interesting to think about and of course you know i miss fucking hangman of course like yeah. that shit like prior it's just crazy how like yes danielson and cm punk and cole like did you know, it makes sense why they had him off TV, no matter what was going on in his personal life or whatever, because it would have taken away. Could but like, like see, go ahead, go ahead. Could CM Punk be the Joker? Like, would that be, you know? Yeah, it's. I'd say that's possible. Yeah, yeah I'd say that. Like, like, like that's someone who you know, yeah. like, like if they fast track to a to a title shot, I think it would generate interest, and you know, someone who you know could give a good match, but you'll probably ultimately lose to Kenny. But here's the other thing though. It's like, if you're gonna go not hangman at full gear, it's going to be Danielson. Yeah. Like, so if then it would probably be someone like a Andrade or a pack for like a filler. Cause they haven't said for sure that the winner gets. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Or if it's a dynamite match, they just said gets a title shot. So CM Punk is an interesting thought. I, again, just it, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I want to see Hangman back on TV. What I was just gonna say is like just the feelings I was getting every week, and you know, we talked about it's just like wow, this is like just the wrestling on TV storyline development yeah. building that I'm fucking here well, for. Well, and now that like Orange Cassidy and the Dark Order are kind of doing their thing, it's like you know they've kind of built up kind of an alliance between them. You know, obviously, Hangman would pull the Dark Order back in unless he's got like a new, you know, click supporting no, him. I don't, yeah. I don't think so. I mean, I think he would go back with them. Yeah, but... yeah, that's exactly what I would think too. So, you know, then that would mean, you know, pulling them away from Orange and kind of, you know, which would, you know, like it'd be interesting because Orange just kind of toiled in this sort of like mid card limbo, you know, yeah. and I think like he's popular enough, you know, and like interesting and funny enough to like be in feuds with bigger characters. For sure. You no know, bigger wrestlers. Yeah. And they, I mean, I think he's probably going to do something with Matt Hardy, you know, get their hair versus hair match at some point. But yeah. Yeah. Interesting stuff ahead. Um, then we got a Leo Rush promo, which was interesting. So he had like signed with NXT and then left. And then like he did something for AEW and then he like announced his retirement and now he's back again. And it was something about. He was talking about like Bitcoin and owning a bunch of companies and being an entrepreneur. It was real dumb and geeky, yeah. but I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, I thought it was kind of lame. Yeah, yeah. you know. Like... I'm saying funny, kind of laughing at it, though, you know. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I just was like, they, the, like I feel like Tony Khan went on. We get a bunch of our music, you know, the stuff that, you know, we don't write um, from Storyblocks. And I'm sure Tony Khan was like documentary music, you know, and like yanked it on there. And then that stock footage of like Dubai yeah. and like all these cities. And I was just like, whatever, dude, get out of here. You mentioned Tony Khan. I have to at least bring up. I didn't even think about my brush with Tony Khan this oh, past Thursday. Yeah. I meant to bring this up earlier. And I know we've already been talking a lot. But uh, so the Bengals played the Jacksonville Jaguars Thursday night here in Cincinnati, and I freelance for the PR department for all the home games. So I'm thinking, oh, shit, maybe I'll see Tony Khan in the press box. What do I know? During the national anthem, I turn behind me and he's like five feet behind me. And we're like, I'm elevated and he's like below me. But we definitely locked eyes because I did like a triple take. I'm like, holy shit, it is him. And he, you know, he looks so young and he was just in like, jaguars sweats essentially really yep that's definitely him but you know of course the national anthem i could have like chased him down hey tony but like you know didn't want to come off like that you know we're all there to work but you know i'm thinking like maybe i'll see him again and maybe i could say hello and maybe get a picture there was one other time i saw him like in the back area Mm. of the press box he, I was going in the bathroom. He was going out of the bathroom and yeah. he was talking to someone. So again, it's like, I'm not going to interrupt him. And say, oh, yeah. hey, good. But, you know, it was cool just to see him and just be as like, the guy's a fucking icon. And uh, maybe again, uh, at some point I will. But uh, yeah, just a cool little uh, brush he, he with TK. And Must have booked it from upstate New York down here. You know, yeah, got, got, got a flight out of Buffalo or, or I guess maybe he probably got a private plane, something like that. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then there was an FTR promo about how they're re-energized and refocused, which uh, I'm glad to hear. Let's get some steam for them. And then we have your good friend Dan Lambert and Men of the Year and talking about Jericho still away dealing with the knee from Jorge Masvidal last week. You know, he's doing his classic talk. He mentions a happy ending, and he's doing the jerk-off symbol. Yeah. Uh, that American top team ended Jericho's career. No more Fozzie shows, no more earning potential. And then, you know, just whatever. Scorpio Sky gets the money. You know, I like hearing these guys talk too. And mm-hmm. he's like, you know, I've always had one of the best records in AEW from day one. But Dan Lambert saw me as a main eventer, just like Ethan Page. And Ethan Page wasn't very upset early, but then he got pretty upset. But he's yeah. just. He's just being tight and, you know, talking about how he hasn't been pinned or submitted, but they don't have any action figures or they're not on the intro. And, you know, he's like, I dress like a champ, talk like a champ, walk like a champ. I have the tightest tits in the game. Is that something people say? (laughs) No, I think it's just I think it's just him because he's got the big pecs. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, funny stuff from him and uh, clearly – this feud is going to continue in some way. And I'm guessing whether it's Jorge Masvidal or one of these MMA guys is probably going to get in the ring for a match. Yeah. Like fight Jericho or something like that. Jericho and Hager, you know, like we've said, it makes sense with Hager being an MMA. Well, and I guess it's something that they can have Jericho go do, you know? And I think like, you know, this Dan Lambert thing, it's going to keep going on. It's going to keep being annoying. And then he's going to get his, you know, someone's going to smoke. Yeah. 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 Yep. And then we had a Sheeta sighting. 
on oh, Dynamite. Yeah. I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, I was taken aback. And they recognized how long she had been away, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They I were, think you know. so. But so she's going for her 50th win. She'll be the first woman to do so against Serena Deeb next week on the anniversary show at Dynamite. That's going to be awesome. I can't recall those two having a match. Um, I'll have to look into that, but um, I'm just ecstatic to finally see her back. She changed her look like three, four months ago, and she hasn't been on Dynamite since. But even that aside, like she's amazing. She held the belt for a year. She needs to be on the show, and I'm just excited. Mm, I'm too. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. Thrilled. <laughs> uh, and then we had Anna Jay and Ty Conti defeating Penelope Ford in the Bunny in six minutes, 36 seconds. Again, continuing Dark Order slash Dark Order adjacent people winning mm. matches. You know, this feud had a little bit of a buildup with it over these past few weeks, some rampage matches. You know, other matches between kind of these four people mixed together. Yeah, they, they had the brass knuckle. Uh, yeah, the know, knuckle duster. Marathon. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and, you know, it was fine. It was it's an unfortunate thing again. in like a seven minute match, you have a commercial split it right down the middle. Yeah, kind, kind of, of took the oomph out of it. Yeah. yeah, put the commercial at the beginning. Um, but, uh Yeah. We don't need to talk too much oh, yeah. about it. Well, you're there to see Ty Conti and Anna Jay. Yeah, yeah they're, they're great. They're great. Them. Yeah, yeah. And Pip Ford and the Bunny. I can't really tell who's who sometimes. I think they look a lot of the same. They, they just look. Well, they, 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 look, they just look like girls who are really mean to other people in high school. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, yeah, and we got negative one coming out again because mm, I know yeah. he's like developed a close relationship with both of those women, and you know they had their hug, and again. Good, just oh, yeah. good stuff. There. Well, and they seem to be, you know, they seem to be kind of important people in this Dark Order storyline. These kind of like, mm-hmm. you not, you know, so. Uh, yeah, yeah, they've been the ones to kind of come out when shit's going on to try and like get them back mm-hmm. together. So. Right. Good that they give them their singles match, their yes. you know chance to shine away from the group. Yes. And then we had a Jade Cargill, Thunder Rosa, Nyla Rose promo setting up their mat, their triple threat match on Rampage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll talk about here shortly. And now we have everyone's favorite, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, coming out to shit on upstate New York. Um, but I'm glad man, he's doing these by himself without the pinnacle. Like, yeah. you know, and I like the pinnacle, but yeah. I'm, I'm gl- like, I'm really glad like each week, you know, like whereas CM Punk is sort of the state of the, um, you know, the uh, state of the promotion. This is sort of like the opposition party almost. Yeah. This is kind of just like each week the big jerk gets to come out and like just rail on everyone. And, and I love it. It's yeah. like something it's been the highlight of just about every show. Yeah. If not, you know, top three, you know, like of well, every he's show least, he's been doing it. He's yeah. at least got the war dog with him, which mm-hmm. uh, I always love. And yeah, this one uh, along similar lines, which we'll get to cut deep into some family stuff. But oh. uh, he starts, you know, talking about how, you know, he'll do anything to make AEW succeed as long as he gets what he deserves. And, you know, he talks about a handful of young, you know, a handful of young men keep pushing this forward and will continue for the next couple of decades. And he says four to be exact. And then he turns right to the camera and says four pillars, which is a reference to all Japan pro wrestling, the four pillars in the 1990s, which some of the best wrestlers of all time, Toshiaki Kawada, Kenta Kobashi, ah, Kenta Kobashi, Akira, ah, I can't talk, Akira Tawe. And Mitsaro Masawa. 
Uh, so loved kind of that comparison and, you know, turned directly to the camera. So it's like, you know, he meant this. Um, and he kind of goes over them and he says, Jungle Boy, I beat him. Sammy, I beat him. Darby Allen, whatever. And he's like, most importantly, myself. And he kind of brags about his accomplishments. He's better than you and you know it. And that without him, this company ain't shit. Nope. And, you know, he's the past, present, and the future. And that's why he deserves to be the AEW world champ. And then Tony Schiavone basically says, well, why don't you earn it in the ring? And <laughs> then MJF says something like, yeah, you're buddies with Tony Khan, and he's easily uh, in my top two cons in professional wrestling, which was a fun little uh, jab yeah. at Nick Khan. Um, and then he talks and, about his days at MLW, right? And yeah. that he's got Bruce Pritchard, our friend, on speed dial. And then that – oh, go ahead. Oh, no, yeah. Like, I guess what, what I kind of thought about, is this like a threat? Is he like threatening to leave? Or kind, threatening, yeah, that's yeah, kind yeah. of what he's kind of what's doing. being implied it's here. Like, yeah. If I don't get what I want, I can go back to MLW or I can go to WWE. Yeah, that's yeah. essentially what he was doing, which brings Darby Allen out. And before we get into this, I just, the four pillars loved it. And I think the ones he named made the most sense. Oh, yeah, there were some other ones he didn't name. So well, Azar he- and I were talking about Hangman yeah. and like, that he probably doesn't fit just because like he was already established before coming to AEW yeah. in new Japan. He was in the bullet club in the elite. Yeah. You know, he'd had some big matches, but he was clearly on the outside of that group. Yeah. And, and he, since he got to AEW has become, you know, so popular, oh, yeah. big, but like, it makes sense to not have him included. Sorry. Well, well, go ahead. Oh no, yeah. They're, they're only similar in age only. And then he talked about some other pillars. He was like, well, uh, you know, uh, these other type of pillars, you know, that's about, that's something that I know, uh, you know, you know, pillars that you have the Doric and the Ionic and the, and the Roman and, and then the Greco and, uh, and MGF. Little architecture from, uh, Mr. Beaumont Rand. Uh, no, that's actually from MJF. That's what he said on the camera. <laughs> Set to Neil Cross's just check. <laughs> it was real. Uh, but uh, was there any other name that wasn't on there to you? I mean, Hangman was the big one to me, but like it makes sense because I think this is a pretty damn good four of like young guys that kind of are really getting their notoriety yeah. in yeah. AEW. S- Sammy's one of them, right? Just to make yes. sure. Okay, gotcha. Darby, yeah. Darby, Sammy, Jungle Boy, MJF. Yeah, I, I really can't think of yeah. any other who, who you know, kind of are at that level. That, yeah, like Dante Martin obviously isn't there. Yeah, and, yeah. But, you know, Orange Cassidy, I think could, but he's not quite as young as those guys. But, you know, guys that were not really known at all until mm-hmm. they got here. I right. think it's the best four. Mm-hmm. But so Darby comes out and things start to get pretty serious. Um, you know, MJF talks about, he's like, as much as I love the school shooter mime on a skateboard routine, I'm not a big fan of being interrupted. Nobody is here, as we've learned. Yeah. And that Darby is je- just jealous of him. Uh, he's like, there's nothing wrong with being the second best pillar. And he references guys like Mark Messier, Lou Gehrig, Scotty Pippen, as famous number twos, mentioned Sting, because uh-huh. uh, he was basically under Ric Flair the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that MJF, he's a Wayne Gretzky, a Babe Ruth, a Michael Jordan. He's the number one around here. 
And Darby basically says no one would care if you left and that he's AEW for life or until death. And that how can MJF be a pillar when Darby is the only one to win the championship between them? And now we really get serious. And MJF mocks his Batman Batman voice. I don't even know what the hell he was talking about. It's it's not not a very that was kind of a big mess for Max. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Max. Mm -hmm. I I think Darby called him Max too. Yeah, he did. He definitely did. did. Uh, You know, MJF references that Darby's straight edge, and he's like, "You want to know why?" And he says that he was on a joyride with his alcoholic uncle. They got in an accident and his uncle passed away, you know, and he's serenaded with the asshole chance, obviously. Uh, you know, one would assume this is a real life story, too. I mean, I would imagine it is. And he caps it off by saying that night the wrong man died. <laughs> God, I, not to you laugh. Know, like, OK, yeah, yeah. go ahead. I guess I have a critique of two, you know, and not to, you know, dance on somebody's, you know, traumatic story here, but I guess, yes. you know, Go I'm going to do pro, it anyway. It's pro wrestling. Baby. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I thought it was very surreal, like them having that serious um, talk with like the, eh, like the, like the pulsating, like the, 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 the people chanting ass, which is sort of like a You're lighthearted in. thing. Like it was, it was, that, that was weird. Um, yeah. I thought he should, I thought he shouldn't have said the wrong man died. Cause I think like, you know, talking about like, you know, the bad thing that happens and just sort of underscoring that instead of being like, Oh yeah. You know, like what if things were different, you know, cause like, you know, like really hitting the reality of it, I think would be better. And then Darby's response. Cause Darby says, what did he say? You can't break me mentally. I thought he should have yeah. just walked away or he should have just said nothing. Yeah. And no, then nothing. like MJF was like kind of trying to goad him, you know, mm-hmm. he's in like mocking him and yeah, then they just kind of like walked away. Yeah. So Yeah. I thought it could have like, they could have handled that like moment of like, Yes. You know, apex tension a little bit better. Agreed. Uh, Yeah. But again, like, obviously Darby was okay with this, but, uh, you know, there is a line and MJF has been tiptoeing it or maybe even crossing it at times. But, hey, again, it's pro wrestling and you bring up fucking real life terrible shit to get heat. And, uh, you know, I don't think it was necessarily too far, but it was pretty fucking close. Oh yeah, no, I think it, you know it was Pillman levels. You know, I would say yeah. pretty, you know, kind of, kind of in the same. I mean, I think thing. Pillman was worse just because there was so much of it. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, but this was worse, like just in the one thing. You I would, know? I, 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 I would have think this would have been just as bad as Pillman if he would have nixed the wrong man died. Yeah, yeah, you know, because that, because that, that just kind of made it seem, you know, like. You know, like like playing toward like survivor's guilt, I think is way worse than being like, what if you were dead? You know, like, honestly, yeah, to me. When the 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 one the Pillman was here and we were in the building and there was some funny stuff in that one, too. Yeah. And his family was there, too. You know, so that. But yeah. So let's just look at this as a whole. Like two of these pillars have never had a match. Yep. And it were two years into the weekly television, so they've done a great job of like keeping these feuds sacred, for lack of a better mm-hmm. term. Um, and yeah, this is going to be awesome. Yes, um, it is. I'm guessing it's going to lead to a full gear match. We don't need to talk about who's going to win yet mm-hmm. until it kind of gets official, but I can't wait. I think the promo is leading, you know, Darby's going to respond. Uh, it's just fresh. It's a fucking fresh food. Yeah, I was going to say fresh food, fresh feud. And yeah, just let's go. Buckle me in. Yeah, no, I'm down for this. I like both these guys a lot. 
Is Darby still your favorite? Let's check in. Oh, <laughs> uh, him, Ray Phoenix, and honestly, like, like I've been so entertained by this MJF stuff. Like, it's yeah. hard for him not to be, you know, like Max. hard for him not to. Yeah, good old Max. Max. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, I love it. And uh, more stuff coming here from our next pillar. Um, so before the match, we had just kind of a recap feud. <laughs> I can't talk. Recap video. Miro, Fuego del Sol, Sammy, kind of the whole spiel, everything that's been going on. And in our main event, we have a new TNT champion. Sammy Guevara defeats Miro in 13 minutes, 39 seconds, which according to cagematch.net was also the same time as the opening match, which I thought was very interesting. Uh Uh, so we've talked a ton in the last month. Who's going to be the one to dethrone Miro? We finally got our answer. Sammy fucking Guevara. What'd you think? Yeah, great person to do it. I mean, uh, in the very beginning, commentary said that if Sammy wants to win, he's going to tire. He has to tire Miro out. That's exactly what happened. Yep. You know, like kind of he he followed that script. And uh, yeah, it was really entertaining. Um, One thing I thought that was hilarious is all the writing on Miro's trunks, too. He had like all of his nickname. Like, could you imagine wearing some underwear that just has like writing in all these different spots? Because usually it's like in one spot or like across your ass or something like that. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I loved the, you know, kind of the end of the match where Fuego del Sol, you know, kind of got his come up to some degree. He didn't really physically get involved. He just got on the apron. Remember, Miro was taking off all the top turnbuckles. Oh, yeah, and Miro kind of like swatted him away. So, yeah, yeah, he kind of pushed him or punched him. And then that led to Sammy giving him kind of like a knee to the back. He hit the corner, you know, the exposed steel corner. Mm-hmm. And then I think he went into the tornado DDT and yep. then he hit him with the GTH and then went up t- like once he, you know, at this point I knew he was going to win. And mm-hmm. I was kind of getting the feelings throughout. Like I probably like, I wanted Miro to win. I think I just wanted the rain to continue, but like what better person to take it off and what better, like it's a true baby face here and someone who needs this, like this is going to be great for Sammy. But like, just as the match was going, I'm like, I think he's, I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to do it, but you get those moments of doubt. And Mm -hmm. then when Fuego got involved, it's like, you just know it. And it was executed perfectly. Crowd was going nuts. He gets up to the top, gets the pin. And yeah, it was fucking great. Um, So yeah, we've got our fifth TNT champion now. Um, and again, I think it made sense on the night honoring Brody Lee, who was the second TNT champ. And, you know, they're going to say, and I have no problem with this, the greatest TNT champ of all time. Like, you know, it's kind of a hard thing to really quantify, but like, let's, we're fine throwing that honor to him. The man was so fucking good and was in his prime. Yeah, we've, it's just so sad that he's gone. But I love that. They kind of honored that tradition in Rochester, and they switched the belt again. I guess that's going to be kind of a – he's got the black and red belt that Darby had. Yeah, versus I like loved, the, the green one. Yeah. I loved the white, green, and purple one that Miro it's, had. It's very unique. Yeah. yeah, so I'm all for them switching that belt based on the champion. I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, just uh, fun stuff, you know, kind of Miro dominated early per usual and Sammy kind of made his flurry and, you know, beyond what we talked about, just had some awesome moves. He had that top rope cutter, you know, some flying twisting stuff outside. Mm-hmm. The guy's just 
awesome to watch. Yes, and, he is. Uh, can't wait for this title reign. Like this, like I said, this is going to be Sammy's kind of breakout moment where he's going to uh, get these matches and it's going to be fun. And may as well mention it. Now we learned uh, after the show during the first commercial break of roads to the top <laughs> that uh, Sammy will be defending the TNT title next week on the anniversary show against Bobby fish. So the forbidden door yet again. Um, and I, I think fish was still around when we were covering NXT. So he was part of the undisputed era with mm-hmm. Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick strong. And even pre NXT fish and O'Reilly were a tag team known as red dragon. And, uh-huh. you know, in ring of honor, new Japan and PWG, you know, one, one tag team titles all over the world. Fish is the oldest one of the group, and I'd say, you know, the quote-unquote least accomplished, but he's still damn good. I'm still very excited to see the match. And again, just so cool just to see all these people coming in and out from all these different promotions. Uh, I love it. So, uh, yeah, exciting keeps, stuff. Keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. You ready to talk Rampage? I'm about to go on one if we don't. Oh, let's play the video game, too, or watch the film starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Which is under the tarp part of their what, what their, fo- their Halloween thing. Yeah. They couldn't just pick one, you know. <laughs> or they just had to, like, spread Halloween out over that. And I don't even think of Rampage as a Halloween movie. This Whatever. is Rampage, baby. No, it's not. Um, so, yes, uh, Rampage, Friday night, 10-1, uh, taped, same night, in Rochester. Starting with a bang, Brian Danielson defeats Nick Jackson in 15 minutes, 35 seconds. A lot of fun this one was. Another awesome opener. Love that he fucking tapped him out with the cattle mutilation. I thought that was Yeah, I was awesome. about to ask about that move. I've never heard of that before. Yeah, so I don't think he really did it in WWE, but it was definitely a big move he would do in Ring of Honor and on the indies. Um I think he would finish matches with it for sure. Like, I think it was a finisher of his. He did it during, he did it last week during the Kenny match. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was, I loved seeing him tap him out. You know, it was a classic Danielson wearing him down with the arm submissions and with the kicks and the strikes and, you know, Nick Jackson, we've only seen him, I think in two singles matches in yeah. AEW, but the guy can fucking go, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's, Obviously, very flippy. Um, you know, had a lot of fun counters, but, but, a lot of good kicks. Yeah, see, I Go thought ahead. this was very groundy, though. Very roll. It was. Know? It like, was yeah, like like a like a very Danielson favorite favorite match. Um, and I think I remember last week I remember mentioning some about how the Young Bucks never fight like one on one. Well, fucking, you know, here's my yeah, fight, here's my mouth. It's rare. You know, I, yeah. yeah, I think this it might only be his second. He fought Ray Phoenix in the Indianapolis Dynamite in 2019 that we were at. Open the mm. show it was incredible. Matt had the match against Phoenix earlier this year. So, yeah, it's rare. Um, And you're right. For a Nick Jackson match, this one was a little more groundy. Mm -hmm. You know, he got his – he did get a few flippy moves in. He went for that big 450 splash, but Brian got the knees up, had him in the LaBelle lock, you know, got to the rope break. But the big move and kind of the scary move, given Danielson's history of neck injuries – was when they were fighting on the apron and Nick Jackson German suplexed him onto the apron. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just one of those, you kind of hold your breath every time. Like, obviously like he feels comfortable doing these bumps, but for someone that missed years of his career and almost retired permanently, it just, you just kind of a tense up a little bit on it, but 
again, Danielson looked fucking great. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's just so cool having him here. I can't stop saying it, but just like to see him and Punk and Cole just every week wrestling on this show with these guys is just awesome. Um, and yeah, just a, a great performance by both men here. And uh, yeah, whether it's Hangman or not, we'll kind of see uh, how this Danielson versus Elite feud continues. Yeah. And well, I guess we know how it's going to continue next week. So, you know, after the match, we had Kenny, Cole, and then Christian, Jurassic Express come out. They all kind of brawl. Uh, we know they've got a tag match next week on the anniversary Dynamite, and a, a four-on-four with this whole group. But I thought it was kind of dumb here at the very end. Like, Jungle Boy had Cole in the snare trap, and Kenny yeah. was just, like, standing outside the ring, just, like, looking at everyone. And then he ran off, right? And yeah. No, he just ran in and right into the fucking oh, yeah. lock, and he's tapping out. It's like, you know what you're wa- – like, kayfabe-wise, you know yeah. what you're walking into here. Your other mm-hmm. buddy is already getting submitted. You're running right directly into the arms of your opponent who's going to put – I just thought it was real tacky and a dumb thing for your world champ to do. Yeah, yeah. In kayfabe. Just to have the – you know, just to, like, let, like, you know, that uh, jungle Jurassic Express just have, like, you know, like it, it felt like they needed to have everybody out there, and they didn't. Yeah. You know, the point, the point got across. What I did think was cool about this match was, like, it was very much like kind of how it ended with that hold. Um, it was very like sort of checkmate Like, you know, these sort of rolly matches are kind of like that. It's like, how do I get somebody in a position where they have no more options? Correct. So it, so it, had yes. a very, it had a very checkmate style finish to it, which I thought was interesting. Which yeah, I and I, he like was hammering him with the elbows uh-huh. right before. The, so, yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of like a lot of that all Japan Kings Road style. Yeah. It's like you do everything you can to wear down your opponent. And then yeah. it just gets to a point where they just either have to give up or they have they get pinned you know yeah yeah and i think that's another reason why you'll love zach saber jr because that is his match all he does is go for submissions i mean Mm -hmm. not all but like and it's just leverage and like can he get like the shingo match in the new japan cup like he was going for the arm the whole time the whole time and when he finally was able to get the arm bar on full extension shingo tapped out immediately and it was just like such a perfect build but I digress. You're, you're going to enjoy him. Um, and then, so after the match, we had a Hobbs and Hook promo, which they say they've got a special message from Ricky Stocks, which was a very cool promo. I guess it's his home. If it is, man, he must have signed a nice contract. And he was driving a fucking Maserati sunset. Um just very cool scene. And, you know, I know he did a lot of these like self-produced promos, like either before when he was in NWA and Mm kind of got him noticed, uh, loved it talking about cage. I'm going to say it again. Let's just have the fucking match and let's get past this and let's everyone move on. Cause I feel like they've had about four or five of these promo videos over the last month. And we haven't even seen Cage. Yeah. It's been kind of running in place and I don't think these promos have really done much yeah. to like build it like they just agreed. need to have the next match agreed agreed and i love both guys i love everyone involved but yeah mm-hmm. it's been stuck in neutral for like a month and a half um and then after said promo ricky stocks joins commentary again which is always well and good we had a brief cm punk promo where he's talking about being a five tool player and that he wants to face the best in AEW and that whomever steps up just know that nap time is on the menu. 
So that seemed kind of disconnected from Team Taz. So I wonder if he's going to go a different direction or if he is still, because clearly Starks and Cage is happening. Yeah. But they still do punk hook. I don't know. But this just seemed like it was a call to someone else of like, come at me. So yeah, yeah I think there's more interesting things to, to have happened. Unless you want to do the, the him and hook squash match, which I'm I'm here uh, for. Uh, fuck yeah, we're here for. But uh, hey, uh, I guess we'll see. And then we go into our triple threat match in which Jade Cargill with Smart Mark Sterling defeats Nyla Rose with Vicky Guerrero and Thunder Rosa in nine minutes, six seconds. Match was okay. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. a little, little sloppy. De- decent not, enough. Yeah, Not much flow. Kind of just, yeah. I'm not going to shit on it because it wasn't terrible, but it, I was expecting a little more. I really thought Thunder Rosa was going to get the win, but I figured if not her, it would be Jade, you know, Nyla. Not that this was a number one contenders match, but it kind of feels like it was to some degree, like a de facto, because like clearly this is Jade's biggest win. No doubt about it. For sure. Um, And, you know, we've talked about the impending Thunder Rosa Britt Baker match. I don't think that's going to be happening anytime super soon, but we've got a month to get the full gear. Um, Jade, you know, Jade's got some improvement to do in the ring still. She's still very green and, you know, that's not her fault. She looks the part. She certainly does some good things. I'm very entertained by her, but like the chair shots that she had at the end, like just, those just looked bad. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. And they all kind of went for like the same spot on Thunder Rose's body. And like, and it was like this from the beginning too. I feel like, like it wasn't clean from the beginning. So I kind of knew I'm like, okay. Like, I kind of got the point that Thunder Rosa wasn't going to win this, which kind of, you know, disappointed me a little bit from the get-go. Which and she, like, you know, Oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. And, like, this, you know, just very clearly, you know, seemed like a big vehicle for Jade. And it's just, yep. like, I feel like, you know, it's earned in, like, who she is and what she looks like and kind of her promos and stuff, but it's not earned, like, in terms of performance just yet. Yep. Yep. And thun- speaking of performance, Thunder Rosa definitely looked the best in this match for sure. Yeah. Uh, doing a whole bunch of drop kicks and kicks and she put Nyla through that table. Yeah. Um, yeah. We love her. She's awesome. How and- satisfying is it going to be to see Jade lose to Brit? Like, I think that actually is going to be a pretty satisfying match to watch. Don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I would, again, I would assume that's where we're headed here. And even though it is heel versus heel, like Brit is a face enough in the eyes of the fans. Sure, that's yeah, who yeah. the fans are going to get behind, no doubt. Yeah. Um, and again, at some point we will see Brit Thunder Rosa again, but you're right. It will be nice. Um, I'm guessing that's what's happening. You know, they did the Brit Ruby Soho promo. So mm-hmm. like there hasn't really been any Brit movement yet, but I can't imagine she's going to face Ruby again at full gear. So uh uh, the gears will be churning for sure, I'm sure. Fully, uh, yeah. Yep, fully. You got that right. So Malachi Black promo. Um, not much to note here. It's very, All of his are very cool, and, like, he does a great job in them, but he's not really saying too much yet. Uh, just vague um, stuff, yeah. That's something about there's plenty of souls that need to know the truth. So I'm hoping that he and Cody are done and uh, – he can go on to a fresh feud. Cause again, there's just so many good guys here now and so many matches that haven't like CM Punk Malachi Black would be fucking sick. Um, you know, we could go on for days and talk about all these dream matches. They'll probably all happen at some point, but let's get him away from Cody. Let's get him doing something new. Yes, sir. 
Yes, sir. Sammy does a little promo about how Brody was the greatest TNT champ of all time and, you know, talking about the Bobby Fish match and that he's going straight to hell. Uh, Yeah. Then they did a quick recap of the two-year anniversary show next week, which I believe we've talked about all the matches. We have Sheeta and Serena Deeb. Sheeta going for 50 wins. We have the eight-man tag between Danielson, Christian, Jurassic Express, and the Elite. Mm-hmm. And we have the ladder match. And there's one more that I'm – oh, Sammy and Bobby Fish. So I'm yep. guessing there will be one more, but it's going to be a great show next week. Can't wait. And you know who can't wait for the main event? That's Mark Henry. Um, nope. <laughs> these we can't like again. <laughs> just become these promos with the split screen. Mark Henry, God love him. He's doing his best, and I love the guy. But like every single one of these, in some form or fashion, he ends it with, "Well, the time for talk is over. Let's get to the main event." Every yeah. single time, yeah, something and, about no more time for talk. Oh, I just love it. Yeah, and it's funny. It's like it's, it's as if you know they didn't talk about this uh, <laughs> two days prior. You know, like yeah, I don't know. Or it, really, it, like two hours, two prior hours prior in, in real time. Yeah, and yeah. it's it, it's just like you know, like they need to find a you know maybe you know they're struggling to find a way to use that what three minutes of airtime that they had. Yeah. You know, we'll see. Yeah. And, you know, it was just Matt Hardy talking bullshit and Jack mm-hmm. Evans talking bullshit. And Orange is like, didn't know it was a hair versus hair match. And he's like, okay, then I guess I'm going to win. And he did, duh, in nine minutes, four seconds, defeated Jack Evans. And they cut his hair. And, you know, it was a match. It was fine. Jack Evans, uh, you know, is is and can be a really good wrestler, but hasn't really been a good wrestler in AEW. And no, had a lot of yeah, botches. And, and, and I think picture in picture did, did this match kind of raw too. Cause like kind of the moment before they cut away, Evans kind of had the upper hand. Then right when they came back, it was like, uh, like yeah. orange and sees had momentum. And I was like, what? Yeah. You well, know? I was going to say like Evans did look pretty good in this match mm-hmm. compared to how he, had, you know, he hit some decent moves, but yeah. the result was never in doubt. And, you know, towards the end, all the Hardy family office people started coming out. Then we the, the Chuck Taylor and Chris Statlander coming out and then the Dark Order coming out. And, you know, Matt Hardy early on tried to fuck with Orange a few times. But, you know, Orange ended up hitting a big orange punch, got the victory. Chuck Taylor was dressed like a barber, which was fun. Yeah, hopefully, he's a, cool. hopefully he's a better barber than he is a butler. Man, I feel like you don't know where to go, but up in terms of yeah. that uh, <laughs> professional uh, ability. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, they do the scissor cuts. They shave his head a little bit. And uh, that was that. Negative one came out again and they celebrated. Yeah, I thought it was funny. Orange Cassidy got the broom and pushed stuff. <laughs> and they didn't shave his head all the way. They just shaved no. like little bits and he still had. You know, I'm I guessing wanna... next week he'll probably come with like a, a much shorter haircut. Yeah, 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 of course. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was kind of like, huh, I didn't know if they were going to do that or not. But uh, but yeah, good show. Another great week of AEW. And uh, uh, next oh. week in Philly. Huh? Yeah. Uh, um, I got a I got an email. Oh, shit. Is it Last Tycoon? It is Last Tycoon. Okay. Uh, let's see. Here we go. From their A&R Last Tycoon currently is not taking any new clients. That's it? Yep. Who's it for? Is it just like their general info? Or is it like, is it a person? 
I mean, to me, I mean, it's one of those areas where you can't tell if it's a person or automated response. I'm so sick of this. Jesus. I, I thought we were a client at one point. Well, we're not. Welp. I guess, uh, in a med. Yeah, we'll, I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna throw a shit fit right now. I've been taking I got down on this meditation app and trying nice. not to try not to get mad like I did with Diesel, you know. Oh uh, yeah, I hear ya. Yeah, I'm fucking pissed too. And uh well, I guess we'll just have to keep trying to make our show the best it can be. Well, and... we're gonna, you know, focus on the things you can control. Yeah, that's what that's what the guy's been saying in, in the app, you know. So uh, maybe that's right. try and do some different stuff. I don't know. We'll uh, we'll figure it out, but mm-hmm. hey, we're not going anywhere. AEW's heating up, we're on the road to full gear. Um, yeah, but fuck it all. This is uh we just can't somehow can't seem to avoid uh confrontation situations and bullshit. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't even know what else to say anymore. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah, like old Cassidy. Whatever. All right, everyone, what's up? Welcome back. We here with the fucking Greg Gomanawa rolling right along, right, Hoax? Yeah, yeah, as opposed to last week, I'd say this time we are holding it together, staying on track. Very good. Yeah, thank fucking God, because this interview cannot be any worse than last week's interview. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Micah Pellegrini from the Specifically Devoid podcast, who's joining us live via satellite the fuck is this wwe next thing i know a fucking laptop is going to be booking the guests and telling me what the fuck to do micah fucking welcome to the goldman hour how the fuck are you what's going on greg uh chogi whatever your name is i don't give a fuck uh yeah it's Hoagie is kind of yeah, like yeah, the, one, I guess whatever. It's like the the meal. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Go on. All right, Micah. I gotta ask a question. How did how did you fucking get here to where you're known enough to be a guest on the fucking Goldman Hour? Um. Well, to that I would say, who are any of us to be anybody? You know what I mean? Like you're here, I'm here. We're all here on this plane of existence. I think that you're, you asking that question is really powerful, Greg. I feel like, I feel like, I feel a connection. You know what I mean? I feel like that that was that's some deep introspective thought, and I feel like that comes from years of uh, years of pain. Years of my fucking pain. I, I don't. I don't know. All right, all right. Let's talk. Let's talk about some wrestling, right? Did you fucking watch Raw last week, dude? I don't watch Raw. That's a piece of crap. Yeah, I fucking agree. The show's a piece of shit. They were. In, let me tell you. They were in fucking Cincinnati, right? That fucking city. more like Pincinnati, am I right? P- more like Piss fucking poor sh- excuse. More like f- fucking shitty town, am I right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah more more yeah. like mid, am I right? Yeah. Fucking mids. Yeah. Fucking mid. Fucking fucking WWE Raw is so bad. They were in Cincy. The fucking brainbuster boys didn't want to even go fucking see them, and those guys fucking wait. Suck. They were in since they were in Cincinnati on purpose. 
WWE? Yeah, they were in Cincinnati on purpose. What a fucking, yeah, they fucking went there on, they went they went there and they planned on it. It's fucking incredible. That is Nick Khan ruining that company. I've said it it's once, I'll say that a thousand right. times. Fucking Nick Khan is killing that thing from the from the inside out, you know? The yeah. Like every fucking name's a nickname now. That's gotta be a Nick Khan thing, right? That hasn't fucking started until Nick Khan came. Fuck, what the fuck is a madcap moss? I don't know. I don't even know what you're talking about. That's I'm I what? Exactly. And he was drafted in a team with Corbin. Uh sure. I mean, yeah, that's that's I, I'm pissed. Like, here's the thing. When I did WWE for those fucking assholes, the brain buster boys, right? I felt like Dude, they I, suck. They right? They fucking they suck, suck, right? I felt like I had to enjoy it because of those fucking assholes telling me I had to watch it for the fucking show. So now that I'm not on this stupid show, I'm in I'm enjoying myself because I'm allowed to fucking hate this shit. Yeah, I just I mean like bravo for kicking them off their own show. Like I got kicked off my show, like my guy, my co-host or my my boss, I guess, my su- my superior supervisor is kind of a dick. And yeah, so, I like, he kicked to... me. He kicked me off my show, and like he sent me to parts unknown. That's why I'm here via satellite. Uh, yeah, I'm not even fucking... allowed to say where I am. I wanted to fucking talk to you about that. Didn't you guys make that fucking podcast together? Yes, and they kicked me off. So I got a, a bravo. They're assholes. They they're in this thing called the Pink World Order. It's literally the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Like the color pink sucks. Hey, listen. If there's anything I learned from leaving the fucking Brain Buster boys is that you can't let anyone stomp over you, right? Nobody stomps over Greg Goma, ladies and gentlemen. No one manipulates that guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Do you guys really hate the Brain Buster boys that bad? Have you met them before? They're like, literally, I don't even understand what Beaumont's saying. His accent is so thick. I feel like he's like just having a bowl of oatmeal every fucking day of his life. And Brett doesn't shut up about Japan. Like, I don't understand. Like, not even like wrestling Japan. Just like he's like talking to me. He's just talking about Japan as a whole. It's ridiculous. Like, what an annoying piece of shit. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Okay. Let me tell you, I watch this show every fucking week and it infuriates me every goddamn time. Listen, they fucking, did you hear the recording? Did you hear? I, it, it's on their show. You can fucking hear it. It's public. Did you hear the recording? Well, what happened? What happened? Fucking, they manipulated me and they fucking admitted it. They oh. fucking admitted to manipulating me. Those fucking assholes, you know? Oh, they call man. me toxic. What a bunch of just bitches. I don't even know what else to say. Well, I think, don't you think, like, at that point, if you're getting called toxic from someone bad, shouldn't you fucking take that in pride? Oh, my God. Dude, they're as bad as the, they're as bad as the Jets. I fucking agree. The Jets fucking suck. Yeah. Hey, hey, guys, what, is it, what does it mean when people say Eli Manning is the sling blade of the NFL? Does, I, I just, I've just heard that around. I don't know. You know what it means? Who, you know what it means? Togi, what the fuck are you even talking about? I, I I don't I don't know my I'm sorry I'm sorry dude Eli Manning sucks like he played for the Giants whoa, the Giants whoa, beat whoa, my Pats and the Giants just suck whoa dude, Giants- whoa okay hold the fuck up hold the fuck up hold the fuck up because what I was gonna say is that it means that Eli Manning plays for the greatest fucking football team on planet Earth so, aren't they zero three hey they right? might be zero three like, but they fought every goddamn 
damn second of that game and you know it. Yeah, dude, they fought like a dog in a bear cage. They lo- they keep losing, man. Hey, it's not about the fucking size of the dog in the cage. It's about the size of the fucking fight in the dog, you know? Dude, oh and three. Just like they can be they can be your favorite team and be bad. Like they just suck, man. Like they, sorry, listen, man. No, they don't fucking suck. I don't fucking believe uh, you when they when you say that 0 oh, 3 to be perfectly guys, honest with you. I think you're trying guys. to make me upset on purpose because no, they're fucking I'm toxic. Not, Brent, they they're zero in three. Like your fucking IQ. Zero. Oh, right? the fuck zero up, wins. Hold like the they've won up, zero man. playoff games in the past five years. Unlike my Pats, who have won more championships in the past three years than everybody else. So shut the fuck up and just listen to me. They, you suck, Greg. All right? Oh, you suck. You're a bum and you're a loser and I wish hey. I never was on hey. this fucking show. Hey. All right? You're a bum and you'll never be hey. anything above that. Can it. Listen. Micah. If that is your real name. And it is. Legally. You need to relax. You need to back off, my friend, Greg. And you need to quit it with that shit about bums. Not, not a lot of stuff pisses me off, okay? I don't know if you can tell. I'm a pretty easygoing guy. But that, that word pisses me off. It's like the idea that people without homes, it's like all they are is assholes, like a literal asshole of society, just expelling shit, just barely getting a wipe, just hair covered in shit, not even a wash. And that's how we're, that's how they're seen. And people like that, it's not good. It's not good to be he- to be told every goddamn day that you are just a hole with shit expelling out of it. But you know what? It's also not good for you. What is the reason to get out of bed if you let yourself believe the world is nothing but a bunch of shit smeared bums? If you think you're just surrounded by that. It's not good for them and it's not good for you. So how about you just shut your mouth and just think for a little while, okay? Micah, get the fuck out of here, you bum. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining the fucking Red Book of an hour. We will fucking see you next time. This was an amazing show.